Today's shir begins three lines from the top of Daf Lamed Tesomet Aleph. You may notice that as soon as we begin the shiur, there is a bracketed section. We have a note indicating why these brackets appear. On the side we have written, Hata'am Lasograyim, the reason for these brackets, a no Mishom Diluk is not for skipping purposes, which is in fact the common use of brackets in our Gemara markings. Uh, we often skip bracketed sections in order to maintain the logical flow of the discussion. Not so over here. Ela Lesamein, the purpose of these brackets is to note, Sheketa Zu, this section that's in the brackets, Eno Koshur, the Nesias Kapayim, is not related to the topic the under discussion from the previous Gemara, which was the priestly blessing, Nesias Kapayim, because Kohanim, Elo Lehuchis Kriya the section in brackets has to do with laws regarding the Torah reading. Achareim, after the brackets, Hagmor Choyzeres Lenesias Kapayim. You might notice after the bracketed section, a triangle reappears. This is a continuation of the marking scheme that we introduced on our shiur for Daf Lamed Ches, uh, comments of Rabbi Shuban Levi concerning Birkas Kohanim. Hagemora uh, lekamon beemsa omid beis the gemora later on lamites omid beis mevia od halochis akshuros lekriasatora the other laws that in fact are related to kriasatora. So now that we've mapped out the structure, once again we're in the middle of a, a, a larger discussion concerning birkas koyhanim, and here we continue with our gemora third line from the top omar rova bar ravuna. Kevon Sheniftach Sefer Torah. Once a Sefer Torah is opened, rolled open for the purpose of reading, Osir Lesapir, it is forbidden to converse, Afilu Bidvar Halocha, even in other uh, Torah matters. Shenemar, and the basis for this is a Posuk, and we'll in fact see two sources for this law that. Absolute silence is demanded when the Torah is opened up for the Torah for Torah reading purposes. Uh, what does the pasuk say in Nehemia? It says, uh, "We're reading it with a chof because in the Tanakh this word appears with a chof." And when it was opened, a reference to the uh, Sefer Torah, so the uh, rest of the nation omdu. Now, the word omdu often means stood up. However, the word omdu indicates silence. In other words, you, it could even be that the term amida is a, uh, a word indicating station, being stationary from a walking action. One stands still. Likewise here from talking, so one's mouth stands still, becomes silent. So the term omdu has relevance to silence, Shinamar, and you see uh, the use of the word Amdu in the context of silence from the following Posik, Vahoi Ki Lo Yidaberu, Ki Amdu Lo Anu od. And in this Posik, without translating the entire Posik, you see uh, they omdu Velo Anu od. they didn't speak anymore. So that Amdu is associated with the with silence and which is of course Lo Anu od, no more speaking. Rabbi Zera Omar, Rav Chista Mehocha. Rabbi Zera, quoting Rav Chista, says that you see this point from the following: the Oznei Kol Ha'Om El Sefer HaTorah. Uh, the ears of the nation were were toward the Sefer Torah, meaning that's all. There was just listening, no talking. And as we indicated, we go back now to the topic of Nesias Kapayim. Uh, the priestly blessing, the Omar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Kol Kohen Shalonotal Yodov Lo Yisaw Es Kapov. Any Kohen who doesn't wash his hands prior to ascending toward the platform where from which he uh, utters the blessing, he shall he shall not do the Nesias Kapayim. He shall not raise his arms in in the blessing. Shenamar Seu Yedechem Kodesh Uvorchu Es Hashem. The word Se'u Yedechem 
would be the reference to the raising of the arms. Now, Rashi doesn't comment on this posik, how you see the washing of the hands. So, I'm going to venture to say that the word Kodesh has to do with the sanctification of the hands through washing. You have the term Kiddush Yodayim Vraglayim in the context of the kior of the water tank in the Beis Amigdush, the prior to service, the service of the Kohanim in the uh, in sacrificial uh, service, they must wash their their uh, arms and their feet. So the term Kodesh could very well be the reference to the washing of the hands. So uh, the Kohanim wash their hands and then Uborch Lesa'om, then they bless the people. Shralu Tamidov es Rebelozer ben Shamua. The students asked Rebelozer ben Shamua, who was a Kohen, Rashi says, What merit do you have that you have uh, lived a, a, a long life? In other words, you see from here that he apparently had, had reached uh, quite a, an advanced age, uh, s- s- uh, maybe something out of the ordinary, that uh, motivated the students to ask, what special merit do you have? And this, by the way, you see in other Gemaras, this type of question posed to those uh, sages that achieved uh, longevity. So he answers, uh, You'll notice we are using a double underline marking on the side of the Gemara under the Nosei slash Mivne topic, heading, and structural note, which we combine. The double underline highlights Tvorim, Shibizchuson, Rebelozim, and Shemua Herich Yomim. Different practices that uh, created merit for Rebbe to uh, enjoy longevity. So the first is, he never made a shul into a kampandaria. Kampandaria is a shortcut. And you can easily see a connection here that uh, he didn't, it would be a denigration of the shul, of a synagogue, to use it as a shortcut. Uh, to, to a shul might have an entrance on uh, both uh, sides of the building, and you would cut through the synagogue to reach the uh, the opposite uh, doorway, thereby enabling you to avoid walking around the block. Well, he never made the shul into a shortcut. So, in, in my, uh, if I'm enti- if I may share my own uh, opinion here uh, or explanation, as, as that is measure for measure, he didn't shorten his trip through a shul. So in, in reward for that, in merit of that, so his life was not short, but rather long. So he, in other words, he took the long way around in order to preserve the dignity of the shul. So he was granted longevity in his life. Another practice of Rebel Ozer ben Shamua that merited longevity, Velo posati al roshe am kodesh. In order to appreciate this a little bit more, we glance at the Rashi across from here. The practice in the time of the Talmud was people, the students that were going to hear a Torah lecture, would sit on the floor. And the Hamahalech Beinehem Kishen Yoshvin. If someone come a little bit late before, let's say, after they all assembled, after they all assembled and assumed their positions on the floor, someone would come in a bit late, so in order to uh, get to where he had to go, he would have to walk between the people already seated, seated on the floor. And so the uh, Rashi says that one who would walk between them, we'd have to take broad steps, the ozil, the Gemara used the expression lo posati. Posati has to has to do with large steps, broad steps. When you have to uh, walk between people, or walk sometimes maybe over their uh, over their legs or something like that, you have to take broad steps. And if you're looking at this, uh, maybe from the distance, it might appear as if this person is walking over their heads, and hence the Gemara expression of lo posati al roshe. Am Kodesh. I didn't walk over the heads of the Holy Assembly, meaning the students that were gathered to hear Torah study. 
Therefore, if a person wants to avoid this, he has to come on time. Lahaktim is to come early, but certainly on time when everyone is sitting down so that you don't have to walk between people that are already seated. Oh, yeshev lomi machutz. Or, alternatively, if you did come late, and it's not uh, it's not dignified and respectful to people to be uh, to have someone walk over them, so you sit outside. Another merit. And here you see a uh, direct connection to our discussion. Velo nososi kapai below brocha. And I uh, didn't do nesias kapayim without uh, the brocha. Uh, the Gemara will now discuss what is the text of that brocha. My mavorech. Now the diamonds that you see here are introduced on the side under the nosei slash mivne heading. These diamonds introduce the uh, text of the bracha that Kohanim recite before the benediction and other prayers that are associated with the Kohanim and their bracha. So, uh, having said uh, that uh, Reb Lozim and Shemua merited longevity because he was, he was diligent and always reciting the, the appropriate benediction before the priestly blessing, my mavorech, what is the text of that bracha? Amr Bizeira, Amr Avchista, Asher Kitshanu Bekdushos Shalom V'tzivonu Levorech Es Amo Yisrael Bi'avo. Of course, the Gemara doesn't print out the standard beginning of the bracha, but that's understood, but then namely, Baruch Ato Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olom, and then you pick up with the text of the Gemara, Asher Kitshanu, etc. So that uh, the text of the bracha is that the Kohanim are, are, are pointing out that uh, they've been uh, sanctified with the sanctification of, of their forebearer Aaron and, the, and has commanded us to bless his nation with love. And there's a lot to talk about on the, the unusual um, uh, closing word of this bracha that they, uh, they are to bless the people with love, not merely just bless the people. And this is very unique with regard to Birkas Kehanim. You don't, for example, say uh, by, by the bracha, the, uh, doing other mitzvahs, that you take the lulav with love, or you put on your tefillin with love. But when it comes to this special priestly blessing, uh, it has to be done part and parcel of the mitzvah is that the bracha is done with a sense of love. And in fact, there are halachas that are related to this, that if there is a sense of, let's say, enmity between the, the, the Kayin and the members of the congregation, then that brings into question whether that Kohen should bless in, in that, in that uh, assembly. This isn't the time to elaborate on it, but it is certainly a topic that uh, one would uh, benefit from uh, in researching it further. Ki okar kare, the Kohen, uh, and this is a, a, an expression we saw in our previous shiur when he starts his journey, if you will, toward the front of the shul f- from where he will bless the people. Okar carries, he literally uproots his feet, means he starts walking in avoda. He starts walking toward the p- position in the bracha of Ritzei, when the Shliach Tzibor, when the one leading the services reaches that bracha of the Shimon Esrei, so the uh, Kohen uh, assumes his position, he walks toward the front of the shul, and Rashi says, So it's when the Kohen reaches the front of the shul, when he's still facing forward, he's facing the Teva, he's facing the holy ark in which the Sifri Torah are kept, uh, what does he say? In other words, there's a prayer that he utters, my Omar, and it, uh, just take note of the fact that this prayer actually is recited before the Kohanim uh, um, utter the benediction that we mentioned just a moment ago of Asher Kitshanu Bigdishosu Shalaron. So, what does the Kohen say when he arrives at the front of the shul while still facing forward? He says the following Let it be the will of the Almighty. This bracha should be a bracha that has no of failings, no stumbling blocks or sin associated with it. 
It should be a pure bracha. V'chi mahader ape mitzibura my omar. And at the conclusion of the uh, priestly blessing, what does he say when he once again turns back facing forward? During the priestly blessing, as we've mentioned already a number of times, it's punim keneged punim, as we darshan from the uh, the Posikos of Orchu, facing the co- congregation, at this point, he finished the priestly blessing and faces forward now. What does he say? The expression, when he turns his face, mitzibura, from, from facing the people, he turns back facing forward now, uh, at the end of the benedictions. Uh, my Omar, what does he say? Adabre Rav Chisto Ravukva Vedorash. The term Adabre, uh, different commentaries explain that word in different ways. Uh, one word, one explanation is he led Rav Chisto led Ravukva to say the following. Another explanation that I, I've seen in commentaries is that uh, from the word Diber Ledaber, he put the following words in his mouth. In other words, Rav Chista was the scholar and the, the, the scholar that, let's say, had the ideas and he had Rav Ukfa say it over uh, to the public. So what did uh, Rav Chista say in response to this question? What prayer is said after the priestly benediction? We, the Kohanim, have done what you uh, instructed us, what you commanded us to do. I say, Imonu, we continue at the top of Omid Beis, Ma Shivtachtonu, do with us what you have promised. Uh, cast your uh, your eyes upon us from your holy uh, location above. And the Gomer, and it goes on to say, uh, bless uh, your nation Israel. Omar Rav Chista. Ein ha-koyhanim rashoyim lochuf kishrei etzboisein at shiyatsru p'neim in atzibor. Let me uh, uh, backtrack for a second. Uh, just a, a word regarding the markings that we're going to see. As you scan ahead on the page, you'll notice um, a house shape that appears... Uh, we have Rav Chisto with this uh, um, dashed house shape, and the rest is Rav Chisto being preceded by Rabbi Zera, where you see Omar Rabbi Zera, Omar Rav Chisto. At this point, the Gemara is going to give us present a list of uh, a, of more more halachas concerning Nesias Kapayim. Truth be told, for marking purists, uh, these names uh, Rabbi Zera, Omar Rav Chisto appeared already on Omid Aleph, and Rav Chista as well appeared uh, at the bottom of uh, Omid Aleph as well. And we did not highlight the names there with markings. Uh, the reason for this particular approach is that at this point in the Gemara, we're now going to see a, we'll say, a list. The Gemara presents halacha after halacha in a list form, so we chose to highlight the names over here. Uh, for those who, of course, want to um, do something uh, else, we highly encourage uh, individual innovation with regard to markings. Now, on the side, you can see we have a Nosei slash Mivne heading, where a double underline appears. They highlight Oyid Halochas de more Halochas regarding the priestly blessing. The Gemara, once again, from the second line, from the top, Omar of Chista, Ein Hakainim Rashaim Lochuf Kishrei Etzboisehem. At the end of the priestly blessing, the Kohanim are not allowed to, let's say, lower their uh, arms. Literally, it's to fold in their finger joints. But it has to do with lowering their arms, Ad Shiachzeru Paneim Menetzibor, until they turn their faces away from the public. So that even though the Kohanim have um, officially finished the last section of the priestly blessing, they said the word Shalom, which is the end of the bracha, they're, uh, as long as they are still facing the congregation, their arms are still extended in the um, position that they assumed for the actual blessing. So that uh, while, once again, while they're still facing the congregation, their arms must be extended. 
Omar Rabbi Zera Omar Avchista Ein Hakorei Rashoi Likrois Kehanim. Here we're going now to the beginning before they started their their bracha. The Korei, the one who announces Kehanim, the one who summons the Kehanim, so to speak, to start their blessing by calling out the word Kohanim. He's not allowed to say the word Kohanim at Sheichle Omein Mipi Hatzibur until the congregation who had been listening to the repetition of the Shmon Esrei at the end of Birchas Hoida, the bracha that begins with the word Modim and it ends Hatov Shimcho Lucho Noela Hoidois the congregation would answer Omein and then the one who calls out Kohanim can pronounce uh, the word Kohanim announcing the, uh, the summoning of the Kohanim so the uh, announcement of Kohanim is not allowed to be said until the congregation finished uttering the word Omein uh, at the conclusion of the Birchas Hoidah as we explained. The Kohanim themselves are not allowed to start their Birchas Kohanim the, beginning with the word Yevorechicha until uh, the one who announced Kohanim finishes pronouncing that word Kohanim and then the Kohanim start you'll see in all of these halachas uh, things must be done in a very orderly uh, deliberate fashion no overlapping of, of, of speech and Rashi points out in, in his commentary that all of these halachas are because of the concept of Trey Kali Lomish Tamoi two voices cannot be heard simultaneously. So we want everyone who has their assigned thing to say to finish what they're saying before the next uh, a party says what they are supposed to say. So we continue. V'ein hatsibur rashoi lanois omein ad shetichle brocha mipi hakohanim The tzibur who responds at the end of a brocha with the word omein they are not to say Omein until the Kehanim have finished their bracha. The Birchas Kehanim is in effect divided into the three psukim as they appear in the Torah. So the uh, Kehanim would say Yevorechicho Hashem V'yishmerecha and the Tzibur uh, would say Omein and then the next bracha Yo'er Hashem Ponov that next bracha cannot be recited by the Kohanim until the Tzibor finished saying the word Amen. The Omar Rabbi Zeira Omar of Chista Eina Kohanim Rashoim Lahachsir Penei Minat Tzibor The Kohanim cannot turn away from having faced the congregation during their priestly blessing until the uh, one leading the services, the Chazen starts Sim Shalom, which is, of course, the final brach of the Shmon Esrei. So that the Kehanim, even though they finished their priestly blessing, and the community, the, the congregation answered Amen, they remain in their uh, physical uh, blessing position facing the Tzibor with their extended arms until the Shliach Tzibor starts Sim Shalom, the final brach of the, of the repetition of the Shmon Esrei. The Kayanim cannot leave the, uh, the podium, the platform, the, the front of the shul where they were located during the bracha, the Birkas Kayanim, they cannot return to their uh, regular places in the synagogue at Shigmor Shliach Tzibor Sim Shalom until the Shliach Tzibor finishes that bracha and it would end with Hamavorech Hesamo Yisrael Bashalom and at that point that would be let's say the first opportunity for the Kehanim to leave their uh, position to go back to where they ordinarily daven as far as uh, halacha lemaisa, practical applied halacha. We've mentioned on many occasions in the past that uh, one is not to conclude a practical applied halacha from Gemara markings daf yomi shiurim. 
one has to open up the uh, standard forum of Psak Halacha and come to, we'll say, we'll say practical conclusions from there of how to actually do things. The Omar Rabbi Zera Omar of Chista. Before we go further, just a, a structural note. Um, you notice we, we're continuing the double underline marking. There are more halachas that follow. However, these halachas, in addition to the double underline, you notice we have a dashed in line as to draw your attention to something different here. And also, you noticed in our Mark de Morris, a semicolon right before this new halacha, even though it's part of a series of Rabbi Zerum of Christ halachas, the semicolon indicates a type of pause uh, a break from what we have been doing till now. So you can see on the side under the no say slash mivne heading, this is explained. And what what have we written in after the double underline with the dash line? It says hilchas halachas bekrias hatera ukevoda. These are halachas that are no longer related to the priestly blessing, but they are halachas regarding Torah reading and honor that one bestows to the Torah. The Gemara, the Omar Rabbi Zera of Chista, Ein Hatzibur Rashoin Lanois Omein At Shetichle Brocha Mipi Hakore. The Tzibur is not to answer Omein as a response to a benediction until the one who is called up to the Torah finishes reciting the Brocha, as we have seen till now. Each one uh, has his own role in recitation finish what you have to say, and then the next individual or the next recitation can take place. No overlapping. And we continue with that. The one who is reading from the Torah itself cannot read until the Omen is completed on the part of the congregation. This line might not be familiar to many of uh, of our listeners, but there are communities that actually practice this to this day, and that is the recitation of the Aramaic uh, translation and commentary that runs along with the Torah itself. It's uh, often known uh, popularly as the Targum Unclus. And the practice would be that a Pusuk was recited from the Torah scroll in its original Hebrew. And then at the conclusion of the Pusuk, the Metargame, he was the one charged with reciting, with reading the, uh, the Aramaic translation, which of course is, a, a, in a, is not in the Sefer Torah itself. The Aramaic translation is a separate work, it's printed in Humashim today. It's uh, part of the realm of Torah Shabal Peh. The Targum translation, therefore, cannot be recited until the one reading from the Torah scroll itself finishes that particular verse. Finish the verse in Hebrew, then the Metargame picks up. He says his translation of that Pesach. And the next Pesach in read from the Torah cannot be read until the Metargame finishes his Aramaic translation. As we continue in the Gemara, a new marking appears. These are uh, highlighted with a bow tie. Halachas shall Rabbi Tanchum Omer B'Yoshua ben Levi binyan Kriya Torah. Halachas that he presents Rabbi Tanchum in the name of Rabbi Shum Levi also regarding Kriya Torah. The Gemara. Omar Rabbi Tanchum Omar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Hamaftir benovi Tzorach Shikra B'Torah Tchila The person honored with reading from the prophets which follows the Torah reading he's called the Maftir benovi he is required to read a section of the Torah or uh, when we say he's expected to read also we have the Balkore reads for him Mafti Benofi gets an aliyah to the Torah, is called to the Torah itself, in other words even though his, we'll say his main purpose is to read from the prophets which follows the Torah reading he must also uh, be associated with the Torah reading itself, hence he reads 
the final psukim of that particular uh, Torah reading. The Omar Rabbi Tanchum Omar Rabbi Shoben Levi Ein Hamaftir Rashoi Lahaftir Benovi Ad Shigolel Sefer Torah. The reading from the prophets is not allowed to start until the Sefer Torah is closed, is rolled closed and covered with its uh, cloth covering. There are different communities with regard to uh, how the Torah is stored. But whatever the case is, the point is is that the Torah is rolled closed and covered with its uh, particular covering, and only then can the Haftorah, uh, the Maftir of Novi, be read. And the Rashi explains, uh, let's read it together, with, uh, covered with its cloths, so that the ones who are involved with rolling this Torah closed and covering it are then free to hear the Haftorah. If the Haftorah reading is going to start before they're finished with their role, with their task, so they're not going to be concentrating on the Maftir reading. The Gemara continues, Rabbi Levi, Ein this halacha might not be familiar to many of us. I don't think that you'll find this practice uh, common today. So in order to appreciate what was just said, we look at the Rashi. As long as the congregation was located in the synagogue, the custom was that the Sefer Torah scrolls was brought to the synagogue from a house in which it was stored during the, uh, the times that it wasn't being used. The house in which the Sefer Torah was being guarded. And then it was brought from there, Lebeis HaKnesses, Uporsin Begodim Noim Soviv HaTeva, and uh, when the Sefer Torah scroll was brought to the shul, so then uh, beautiful uh, cloths were attached to the uh, the ark in which the Sefer Torah was kept, and Umanichim Oisa Besocha, and the Sefer Torah would then be placed in the Teva. The Teva literally is a box, and that's what a, 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 a holy ark is. It's essentially a box. And when the Torah was brought there, so they would, before putting the Torah in the ark, it would be decorated uh, with, uh, with uh, beautiful cloths uh, hung around it. The uh, and when the, uh, the services ended and the people would leave, and the Sefer Torah was taken out of the synagogue back to the house in which it was kept. What our halacha, what our Gemara is telling us, Rabbi Tanchem is teaching us, is that the removal of those cloths from the Teva should not be done in the presence of the congregation. That's a burden on the public to tarry and delay and remain there uh, with the Sefer Torah uh, and while the uh, cloths are being removed. So what is the proper procedure? The Sefer Torah is taken out. At the end of the services, it is removed from the synagogue. Uh, and the uh, congregation follows the Sefer Torah out of the shul, out of the synagogue. And then the one in charge will, goes back to the ark to remove the decorative cloths. So let's read that again in the Gemara, this time with this understanding. The uh, Rabbi Tamtham tells us, Ein Shliach Tzibor, the appointed one, the uh, Shamish of the Shul, the, the Gabai of the Shul, he is not allowed, Ein Shliach Tzibor Rashoi Lahafshit, Lahafshit is to remove Es Ateva Batzibor, to remove the cloths that uh, cover the uh, Ark. Uh, and he cannot do that, Batzibor, while the community is there. Mekvod Tzibor, out of honor and respect to the Tzibor, as we saw in the Rashi. The respect to the Tzibor is really to free them up, to go on their way, 
and not wait there while this is taking place. So the, once the tzibur leaves, then the shliach tzibur, as Rashi says, goes back to the ark and then removes those cloths. The Omar Rabbi Tanchum Omar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Sefer Torah. The congregation is not allowed to leave the shul until the Sefer Torah is taken out. And all of this is, uh, as we saw in the Rashi again, I mentioned before that this is probably a practice that most of you uh, who are listening to this year probably haven't seen. But it was a practice in the time of the Gemara, a very common practice, and hence we're told that the congregation cannot leave the shul until the Sefer Torah is taken out. The next two words is the subject of a discussion in the commentary, so we're not going to read them. Ushmuel Omar Ad Shiyetse. The uh, first opinion, I might not have said it too accurately, uh, so let's go over it again. The first opinion says, until the Sefer is taken. And Shmuel says, until it's actually taken out of the shul. Now, so the first opinion just says, until it's taken, let's say, taken in the arms of the one who would carry it, but it, the first opinion doesn't indicate that the tzibur has to remain there until the Sefer is taken out of the synagogue. Shmuel says, no, they have to remain there until the Sefer Torah is taken out of the synagogue. For low pleading, and in fact there is no disagreement between these two presentations. It all depends on, is this shul uh, equipped with two exits or only one exit? If we take a look in the Rashi across him here, Ika Pischachrino, if the shul has another exit, Mishenotal Sefer Torah, Lotzes Derek Pischoy, or Rotzel Lotzes Pesach Achri Yotze, a few low Yotze Sefer Torah. The goal is, of course, honor to the Sefer Torah. So if the shul has, if the synagogue has a second entranceway, it's enough for the Sefer Torah to have been taken. Uh, in the uh, taken by the one who's carrying it to its destination, and people can leave the shul exiting the other exit, even if the Sefer Torah hasn't actually left the shul yet. However, Leko Pischachrina Rashi goes on, if there's only one exit, Nachoin Shietzi Sefer Torah then the respect would be first the Sefer Torah leaves the shul. The low It would be improper for people to walk out of that one entranceway ahead of the Sefer Torah. Give the Sefer Torah its proper honor. Let it be the first one out. So that, of course, is a consideration only when there is one exit. Because if there's only one exit and people go out ahead of it, it's, it looks as if they're jumping ahead of the Sefer Torah. However, if there are two exits, so the Sefer Torah goes out one exit, the people have the right to go out the other exit, even though the Sefer Torah is still in the shul. It does not appear as if people are jumping in front of the Sefer Torah to leave. It has its, we'll say, its own exit location. Let's continue in the Gemara. Omar Rava. Barahina Asbroli, Barahina is the name of an individual that uh, explained this to Rava, this halacha of the Sefer Torah is the first one to leave and people should not uh, walk in front of it, based on the Posuk, Acharei Hashem Elokechem Telechu. That's following the Almighty, then you go. And in this case, the Sefer Torah is, we'll say, the representation of the, the Almighty in the sense that the Sefer Torah uh, reflects the thoughts, the words, the teachings and uh, of the Almighty in addition to containing many, many names of the Almighty in it. So, after the Almighty, then you go. Bisman Ma'hein Omrim and here we go back to uh, laws that are related to Birkas Kehanim. But it's a, uh, it's a new series in the sense uh, that's explained on the side of the Gemara. We have a Nosei slash Mivna heading. Uh, you'll see uh, diamonds appear throughout this Gemara in addition to double underlines. Bizman she Kehanim Mivorchem Ha'om Oimrim Psukim Shoinim 
במועדים שונים. The congregation says different verses, and the verses that they are expected to say will depend on, we'll say, different uh, occasions. Uh, so we turn back to the Gemara. Um, when the Kohanim are blessing the people, what are the people saying? Uh, I want you to note that um, when we get to Daf Mem Amad Aleph, you will see there are opinions that disagree with this entire section of Gemara. Uh, here we're saying that the people, while the blessings of the Kohanim are being recited by the Kohanim, the people are themselves reciting things. Th- that point is. Uh, is uh, we'll say is uh, the subject of disagreement, but in the meantime we're working with this opinion. And Rashi here says, "Haom mahem omrim sheyaru or sheyirau they should appear masbire ponim umoidim lefonov al birchosov laharos shehen noichos lahen." We want, according to this approach, some type of we'll say seabor uh, congregation uh, reaction demonstrating that the people are pleased and appreciative of these brachas that the Kehanim are reciting. How is this going to be manifest? By things that they will say, that the congregation says. So as the Gemara says, when the Kay, while the Kehanim are blessing the people, what do the people say? Borchu Hashem kol tzvav, mishorsov oisei ritzoinu, borchu Hashem kol maisov, b'chol mekoymois memshalto, borchi nafshi es Hashem. So you have several psukim that uh, the Gemara just quoted. There are three psukim that are quoted here, and the three psukim correspond to the three verses that comprise the Birkas Kohanim. As far as the, for the translation of these verses, one can look into a, a translation of the book of Psalms and appreciate the translation all the more. The Gemara continues, the Musve de Shabbata, Omrim, when it comes to the Musaf service of Shabbos, following Shachris, the morning service, there is what's called an additional service, that's what the word Musaf means. On Shabbos, you have Musaf, which is a, uh, say, a new Shmona Esrei, uh, which contains therein, during the repetition of that a new priestly blessing. Even though the Kohanim did Birkas Kohanim in the morning, in the first prayer, the, the Shachris davening, they, go, they resume a, a, a blessing in, during the Musaf service. And Rashi points out this is a new Nesias Kapayim. And it's, as it is a prayer that is not recited during the weekdays. And since it's a new Nesias Kapayim, the congregation has to respond with something that they didn't say before. New uh, verses. So the issue is, what do they say during the Musaf Nesias Kapayim? Omer Biasi, Shir HaMalois, Hinei Borcho Es Hashem Kol Avdei Hashem, Suyudechem Kodesh Yuborcho Hashem, uh, that posuk is from Perek Kuf Lamed Dalet, one uh, chapter one thirty four, and they say Baruch Hashem Mitzioin Shoychein Yishaim Haluluka. That is from chapter Kuf Lamed Hey one thirty five. You might be thinking, why are we emphasizing the location of these psukim? So it's because of the Gemara's question. Valeimo Nami Yevorechicho Hashem Mitzion. Why don't they say this particular verse, which is in fact in that section, meaning in that which they started, chapter 134. So why is this not part of what the uh, community says? The opening verses are blessings of the Almighty. You can see we read uh, Ravasi started with Shir Hamalos, Hinei Borchu Es Hashem, bless the Almighty. And the verse that we read from 135, Baruch Hashem, bless, blessed be the Almighty. In 
the suggested uh, posuk that albeit it was from Tillam chapter 134 which would have been I say uh, appropriate because that's what we opened up with nevertheless it's not recited because that posuk says Hashem where the Almighty is blessing the people and it's, it's, a, it's a departure from uh, the theme that opened these psukim na- namely the uh, community blessing the Almighty the Gemara continues, b'minchosa de Tanisa, my Amri. Tanisa is a fast day, a public fast day. And on a, on a public fast day, there's no, obviously, by definition, there's no eating or drinking, there's no intoxication, there's no drunkenness. Therefore, on a fast day, there is, let's say, there's room to have a birkas kaihanim, even... Uh, in the, we'll say, the afternoon prayers, which would not take place during the weekday. Why not? Because during the weekday, when you reach the afternoon hours, people have uh, already eaten. They've consumed their meals, including uh, beverages that might very well be intoxicating, and the that would disqualify a, a Kohen from um, reciting the priestly blessing. So you don't find during Mincha Shmona Esrei, during the Mincha service, the afternoon prayer service, you do not find in general uh, the Birkas Kohanim. When it comes to fast days, so according to the Din of the Gemara, uh, here I don't want to get into Halacha Lamaisa, what, what is the actual practice, there are, there are quite a few more details to it than what we're seeing over here, but as far as the may call the, the strict letter of the law from the Gemara standpoint, the Mincha service on a fast day would have a Birkas Kohenim. And since, as we said, this is something unique, something new, uh, it's not common fare, so my Amri, what would the people say during the Birkas Kohenim that takes place during Mincha of a fast day? Omar Rav Acha Bar Yankiv, the following. Im Avonenu Onu Bonu Hashem Asei Leman Shemecha Mikveh Yisrael Moshio Beis Tzora Lomotia Kegir Boretz Lomotia Kish Nidham Kibor Lo Yuchal Lo Hoshia. These are psukim where we uh, beseech the Almighty, uh, even if we may have sins, nevertheless uh, cleanse us uh, and and help us. And that we shouldn't be like uh, confounded individuals, like uh, helpless uh, warriors. We continue at the top of Daf Mem Omer Aleph, and you can see another diamond, a new prayer service that in which a Nesias uh, Kapayim uh, will take place. The Ni'ilah Diyoma Dikipuri during the Ni'ilah service, the closing service of Yom Kippur, there was a uh, there would be a Nesias Kapayim. My Omar, what would the people say? Omar Marzutra, the Amri Masnisatana, either Marzutra, another version has this as a Tanaic teaching. The public would say during the Nasius Kapayam of Ni'ilo Yom Kippur, Hine Kichain Yvorh Gevu Yujay Hashem, Rechashem Mitzion, Rebutuv Yushaloyim, Kol Yemei Chayahu Rebonim Levonecho Sholoim Al Yisrael. Once again, for a translation of that, by all means, look into a, a book of Psalms for the uh, textual translation. But these, uh, these are the psukim that one would say during the Nesias Kapayim of the Ela of Yom Kippur. Heichon Omran. At what, where would they be said? At what point would these uh, verses that the Tzibur is reciting, where would it be said? Rav Yosef on Rabbein Kol Brachu Bracha. Between each Bracha. The priestly blessing was made up of three verses, and the, uh, between each verse, that's when these Psukim would be said by the public. Rav Sheshis Omar Bahaskoras Hashem. And Rav Sheshis, he says, no, it would be said when the uh, Kehanim mentioned God's name, God's name appears in each one of the verses that comprise the Birkas Kehanim. For the first verse says, for example, Yevorachicho Hashem V'yishmerecha. So according to Rav Sheshes, when the Kehanim are saying Hashem, God's name, the congregation would recite these verses. Pligi Rav Mori Vrav Zvid. 
there's a controversy between these two rabbis, Chadomar Psuka Lekabel Psuka. The Tzibor would say one verse. We mentioned before the Tzibor is reciting three verses. So one verse of the Tzibor would correspond to one verse of the Kahanim. The second verse of the Tzibor corresponds to the second verse recited by the Kahanim, likewise with the third. That's that's posik for posik, verse for verse. The Chad Omar, the other opinion says, Akol Psuka Omar Lahulukulhu. For each one posik recited by the Kahanim, the Sibur would say all of their verses. Omar Rabbichia Barabo. Kol Haoimran Bigvulin Eno Ela Toya. Rabbichia says that the recitation of these verses on the part of the community, of the congregation, if they're said, Bigvulin, means outside the Beis HaMikdash, they are making a mistake. The whole, uh, this Takona, this innovation of having the Tzibor uh, say verses is according to uh, this opinion. Uh, and Rashi explains, it was established out of honor to the fact that they are hearing the ineffable name. That was recited, as we saw in previous shiurim, that was recited only in the Beis Hamikdash, the, the pronunciation, the actual pronunciation of God's name. Uh, the, the literal pronunciation, the phonetic pronunciation, that took place only in the Beis Hamikdash. And because of that, because of that, it's an, a, an awesome experience to be present while the ineffable name is, is, is being recited as it is. So these verses were established as being part of the, um, the service, but only in the Beis Hamikdash, not Bigvula, not outside. Omar Rabbi Hanino Bar Papa Teda the Bemikdosh Nami Lo Miboyelimimrenu. And Rabbi Hanina, he disagrees with everything we've said till now, and he says you should know, even in the base of English, they should not be said. Could you imagine a slave that is being blessed and he doesn't listen? So, according to Rabbi Hanina Bar Papa, the congregation, who's compared to the Evet here, who's receiving the blessing, his main role, his main job is to listen, not to be involved with recitation of verses. Omar Rav Acho Bar Hanino, Teda de Bigvulin Nami Biboy Lemimrino. You'll notice that we have these triangles, they highlight the opposite element of each one of these opinions. This goes to the other extreme, and he says that you should know even outside the base of these verses should be recited. Can you imagine a slave who is being blessed and he doesn't show his gratefulness, his gratitude? That's masbi ponim is a uh, has to do with a, a sign of. Appreciation, expression of, of gratitude, so that the uh, recitation of these verses is is in effect a a manifestation or an expression of their gratitude, and hence even outside the base amigdash, the people, the congregation is being blessed. They should show their gratitude, and that is accomplished through the recitation of these verses. With that, we conclude our shiur for today.